0: Welcome back to the Conscious Man Podcast. I am your host, Scott Pagliaccio, and this podcast is designed to help you grow, develop, perhaps even stretch yourself a little bit. This podcast is for the growth-oriented individual who is looking to take their lives to the next level. And we've got a special, special guest in the building today. Well, he's over there. I'm over here. Uh, His name is Warren McKee. He's a close personal friend of mine. Uh, We met in the relationship school back in 2016. Uh, He's a father. He's my mentor. He's my friend. He's my brother. Uh, He's a relationship coach. He is a veteran of war. Uh, He was also homeless. He was down on his luck. And has completely transformed his life in a short period of time. And it wasn't easy. And it took some work. And now he's helping others change their lives too. And so I'd like to welcome to the podcast, my brother, Warren McKee. Hey, what's up, Warren?
1: Yeah. Thanks for the the very kind uh, words there, Scott. Appreciate that. I'm like over here blushing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling a little warm too. It was my pleasure, man. And if you, if you'll do us the honors, man, just let the listener know uh, a little bit about you, you know uh, what you're up to in the world and yeah. what you got going on.
1: Yeah. So let's see here what I'm up to in the world. Such a, I feel like I'm up to so many things that this is sometimes a hard thing to answer. Um, I love doing a lot of things and getting super active. Right now one thing that's really big in my life is i'm doing this volunteer program that i designed uh at a vet center it's like a program that's outside of the va but it's funded by the va mm-hmm. basically it helps vets with getting therapy uh getting their disability um uh, because i've actually been previously diagnosed with complex PTSD, so i really do know what it's like to just struggle in life and not understand how to connect with other people. How do I communicate? Um, I think I used to be very much so that like emotionally shut down man. Um, yeah. And that center has helped me. The relationship school helped me Meeting people like you and then getting close to them has helped a lot. Um, so I'm trying to give that back to veterans because uh, a lot of these tools, the skills, this education is inaccessible to a lot of people who are, you know, struggling to make ends meet, struggling to keep their marriage alive, struggling to even just figure out how to be like a functional, everyday, normal person, whatever normal is.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I realize that there there really is no uh, such thing. Like we're all normal, whatever we're experiencing, there's no... You know, rather than pathologizing one another, you know, that, you know, normal is how we are, you know, exactly the way we are in this moment is, is normal because that's the way we are.
1: Yeah, I love that idea. I think I originally heard that idea from a guy named uh, Bruce Tift he has this book called Already Free. Mm-hmm. Super good book. on uh, The concept from this therapist is that you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. You're at where you need to be. And he goes even as far to talk about, like, someone who's schizophrenic, for example, might be living in somewhat of a fantasy world. uh, But there's nothing wrong with them. Like, that's what kept them alive, what got them to be here. Uh, And from all of these people that he's seen, you know, being a therapist for years and years, that he can still say that. And I find that fascinating. Like, he's seen people who have, like, rape victims who have, like, had severe psychological trauma. and how they've learned to adapt and still be functional even though to you and me that might seem very alien All he sees even them as free as they are yeah. um, okay. it's cool it's more like about realizing you're free than like doing something to become free
0: yeah it, that that really lands for me over here and it makes sense and I, I feel like part of the reason we think we're broken or there's something wrong with us is what we've been told by maybe our parents or by society uh, by you know our peers and it sounds like uh Bruce Tipp has a different frame like you know we've been conditioned to think a certain way and he's offering a different way to to look at things and to me hearing that that sounds it lands like I feel like I have more room in myself hearing that that frame rather you know if something's wrong with me I feel kind of contracted and broken and like confused and yeah or
1: like in a box, like I'm in the broken box
0: yeah yeah like i i'm I'm a, a mine
1: yeah, yeah,
0: I can't get out yeah and what did you say about being we're already free it, yeah yeah,
1: it's not like, not like a it's not a state of being, right, mm-hmm. uh unless you're talking about the one you're already in, it's more about realizing that you're already there, and I'm sure other people have talked about this too, of course um it's actually a big part of my coaching is because due to my way of being my history of trauma and what I've gone through being deployed to Iraq, uh, something's really painful and hard. And then being homeless too, like that in and of itself can be very traumatic. Um, It was for me big time. I get like constricted thinking about it. You know, I can even hear my, my throat choke up, you know, it's just like really challenging phase in my life. Mm. But to, so like bring that to a person's life to someone who's already convinced himself that something's wrong with them why am i anxious all the time why am i depressed why am i this you know why can't i make a relationship work helping someone realize that that is just a story they subscribe to uh is really empowering uh and has been for me big time
0: so this is the type of work you're doing in the in the, the giving back to the veterans you're you're helping them to uh see that Perhaps, you know, there, there isn't anything wrong with them. It's just, you know, they've been through some traumatic experiences, just like you have, and helping them realize they're free in this moment, if they so choose. They can continue in the story, which will have them feel uh, like they're broken, and you helping them to see that there's another possibility is going to help them to be free in their lives, is what I think I hear you saying.
1: Yeah, it's actually a big component of what I learned from Jason Gaddis at the relationship school, um, over the time working with him, obviously still work with them. I'm like working for the school. I enroll for the school. I'm also full-time coach. I have a, you know, my own company, learn, healthy love. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I take what he's taught me, which is that a lot of us are stuck in like the victim. Right. Mm -hmm. And then with the victim, there is now a perpetrator and a witness usually a witness is a therapist or a friend or someone who's kind of corroborating the story. And I think a good therapist really challenges that. But all too often, we, we're stuck there. You know, like, oh, something bad happened to me. I don't have any power. I couldn't change the situation. Uh, and with these vets and with my own clients too, you know, because a lot of my uh, clients aren't veterans. Veterans is more like something that's very special to me. You know, I'm yeah. trying to work my way up where I can do more of that work, which yeah. doesn't require them to pay me a bunch of money or anything like that just volunteer work, but that you can become the author of your life. Uh, you know, like where instead that things just happen to me and I'm just kind of reacting and I'm just waiting for the next curveball to be thrown. Yeah. More so that how do I take what's happening and work with it? How do I learn from maybe that past experience that I find I'm stuck in? Mm-hmm. How do I pull learning from my partner? Like the partner's not doing something to you. Your partner is just being themselves, and you're having your own emotional reaction based on your history.
0: Okay. You
1: know, you kind of like taking the power back versus putting on a platter and then handing it to someone.
0: Yeah. In, in a lot of these tools that you have learned and I have learned, I wanted to let the listener know how, how we met was through the relationship school and through, we have a, a the same mentor, Jason Gaddis, or one of, and uh, you know, that's, that was a really important point in my life as well because not only did we meet Jason Gaddis but we met one another and now we have these tools and in a short period of time you've gone from working for the man to to, uh, having your own coaching practice and I think that's why we're here because we had a little conversation earlier about what is a coach or what do I need a coach for and you know why would I hire somebody like Warren or Scott to to get you know, to do anything. I, I got it all figured out. I, I can handle this. And then you get a little closer to the person and you look under the hood and it's like they're kind of hiding out or they're stuck or they're afraid to raise their hand and say they need some help. But I think that's where you come in as a coach and you, uh, you said something earlier was witness someone where, you know, they feel seen in their victim and perhaps you can guide them out of that.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's such a cool question because it's so subjective. Everybody has this different ideology of what a coach is. Mm-hmm. Some people might conjure up an image of like a soccer coach who's like okay. on the sidelines watching. <laughs> yeah. Another one might be like a swim coach who's got the whistle. And he's just like watching them do laps, making sure they're keeping their cadence, the rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing that I see in a lot of these different ideas. Um, Because even what that person does, what do you think a coach does? You might get a hundred different answers. But the common link I think I hear is that, and this is what I resonate with, is a coach is someone who takes you from where you're at and helps you get to somewhere you want to be. Uh, So if you think of like a top level athlete, I'm really not into sports. This is probably hard for me to come up with a name. Uh, Like I'm thinking of like old school people, but uh, like say Michael Jordan, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the day, you know, he was a huge basketball player. Uh, I'm sure most people know of him. And, anyways, Michael Jordan, you know, could get so far on his own, right? And when we're doing something on our own, we can get pretty far. And we're also limited by our own perspective, our own restriction of just seeing things our own way, through our own filter, our own lens, if you will. Mm-hmm. We've been doing that most of our life. And a coach is someone who comes in who is ideally more down the path or has more research experience, uh, some kind of information that where they can kind of help you get to that place yourself. Uh, So one thing I see a lot in my practice is I track a lot of people who have, uh, are stuck in like one of the most challenging points in their life. And because I've gone through say being homeless and having complex PTSD, went through a divorce from a seven year marriage. Uh, I really hit rock, rock bottom. And then I fell through the hole of rock bottom, with mm. underwater whatever's underneath that. Mm. Uh, so because I've gone through that, I can help people who are like hitting that place in their marriage or losing their business or just maybe in their life, having an existential crisis in those areas. Like that's where I'm personally experienced at. Um, or like a soccer coach might know everything about soccer there is to know he has results because he's trained so many people and he sees what works, he or she, uh, and maybe this person also saw what didn't work. So they have that experience, that uh, wisdom, uh, the intelligence around this particular subject. Mm-hmm. So you go to a coach when maybe you've hit that personal ceiling and you're having a hard time getting through, like, wh- how do I get to that next level? Um, Like a lot of what I do is transformative work, helping someone transform their own life, working with them, not like teaching them the way, but like you already have the answers. Let me help you find them.
0: Yeah. And what I'm curious, like what, what are, what are some of the, you know, what what are some of the tools that someone would, you know, you would use with someone? Like, uh, like, um, let's say I'm, I'm stuck in my marriage and I'm having a difficult time around conflict let's say, and I, I just want to avoid. I don't, I don't want to face that because, you know, that, that's going to upset my wife or, you know, do you find that to be a difficult path for people is conflict? Uh, yeah, I think conflict's probably like the
1: common link of human beings of what we all seem to struggle with. I have yet to meet someone who is just like, I'm awesome at conflict, I, I rock it every time. Usually there's some degree of like, I'm not comfortable, this is really freaking hard or some thing where people are stuck. Uh, you know, maybe you grew up seeing your parents scream at each other and slam doors, or maybe you had the quiet dad who just shut down and just didn't deal with the problem. Or maybe you had like a mom who drank and turned to drugs. There's so many different ways it can go. And because all of that childhood stuff, is what, where we learn how to do conflict. You know, no one taught you in school, college course, as far as I'm aware, didn't offer anything like that. There might be a few out there. Uh, I think Barry Tesler has one in a college she works with, but that's not really common for most people I have access to. So yeah, that's like the big thing that I think myself and probably most re- coaches work with, relationship coaches specifically. Um, so, your question is how do I work with someone? Like, what are the tools right
0: because what, what I think I hear you saying is that we're we're adults and we in these big bodies, but we're behaving in childish ways because we got no we got the download from our parents from society, from our culture, which really wasn't very helpful so we're i'm still behaving in way like a five year old when it comes to dealing with my children who you know, are throwing a fit, so I'm just throwing a fit with them, you know, we're just screaming and yelling at one another, and not really getting anywhere. Yeah,
1: yeah, I um, I like to consider myself a therapeutically informed coach, which really just means that I know a lot about the psychology of where our habits and patterns come from, Uh, and I'm sure there's more than that, but the big thing I see is in my clients, I see this, with coaches I work with, I see this with the school, the relationship school, uh, I read about in all these books and online forums is that like you said, we're these big adults, but inside of every adult, no matter how thick the skin is, no matter how rough the edges are or spiny the porcupine shell is, there's a little kid, uh, And every time you get triggered, you know, you go into the back of your brain or what we might call the animal brain or the reptile brain. And it's like fight, flight, or freeze. That's usually not your mature self, not your adult self that's reacting. It's usually like a little kid. You know, it's like a a five-year-old throwing a tantrum. I've seen myself do this. I'm like, geez, what's wrong with me? I'm punching pillows and puffing and puffing and, because I can relate that though when I step back and just look at that and be like, well, what person does that? And it's me, you know, like me 25 years ago, 30 years ago. Uh, and that's everyone, you know, like we're all kind of transported back. Usually sometimes we might look out and that's not what happens, but usually what I see is like a hurt kid in there. Uh, and that hurt kid you know, has something they need to work through, or maybe they're just not being seen by the adult self. Yeah. So, one of the biggest tools I do for conflict is just helping either the individual see that, hey, here's this part of you that might be driving the car. But if you think about a five year old driving a car, it doesn't sound very safe.
0: <laughs> no, at all.
1: So, what it, a big piece of that is is helping the adult self, or what you might call the higher self you know, see the little kid, the inner child, or whatever they might name it, you know? Yeah. A little
0: when, yeah. He, he he wasn't seen when he was five years old at some point by his mom and dad. So he's still inside of us like, hey, I'm going to fuck up your life over here. Or I'm going to, until you notice me, until you pay attention, I, you know, I just want to be seen here. Just, you know, and I can, that that then calms that five-year-old boy. And then the adult version of us comes out is that kind of what what you're saying
1: yeah like uh so adult me gets in conflict with my partner cammy and she said something that probably was completely innocent and had nothing to do with hurting me or intention to do so but maybe my mom says something like that when i was a little kid and i totally unseen or not safe with that or something about it is triggering Mm -hmm. my brain which the animal part of our brain is very experiential it doesn't have rationale. I can't rationalize fear responses very easily. It's very hard to do and resource demanding. So the back of your brain goes back to that original experience, unconsciously. You're sort of not even aware of this, and connects the two. Like this reminds me of this thing and that wasn't safe. It's like if you'd never known what a gun was, ever, no one explained it to you, you'd never seen one or even heard of it. So if someone showed you a gun, you have no idea that it's scary. You have no idea that this could kill you or someone else or hurt you. But if then I took that gun and I shot, say, an animal with it, now your brain knows, whoa, that thing has power. It's like an experience. Um, And it's happened so quickly that if, like, say, I held you at gunpoint, now you have the experience of like, oh, crap, not only can that hurt someone, I saw it kill the animal, but now it's aimed at me. Now my brain stores that and locks it away. Let's fast forward 10 years and maybe your partner brings out a gun. They're really into like sportsman shooting or hunting or whatever their thing is. And you see the gun and boom, your nervous system comes online. Like, whoa, that's, uh, uh, can you put that away? You might like freeze up and say nothing. You might run away. You might fight them. Be like, Hey, you need to put that shit away right now. And it's so unconscious. So bring it back to the relationship. Your partner might say like, Hey, you didn't take the trash out. Maybe your mom always ragged you on it and punished you for that. If you didn't take the trash out, maybe she ignored you. So your brain has this experience of not taking the trash out shame. Something's wrong with me. I'm not doing it right. So I'm going to possibly go to the back of my brain and get triggered.
0: Mm.
1: And so like the little kid here, if you think about a little kid, you try to rationalize with them when they're upset. It doesn't go very far. I mean, I know you have kids and it doesn't work, right?
0: No. No, not at all, doesn't, doesn't work at all.
1: Same thing with an adult. That little kid's now online, driving the car, the being, driving the car here, and the adult's in the trunk, locked up.
0: <laughs>
1: I like that. To get out of the trunk, that takes time. To get back to that rational, the front of your brain, that takes time. Yeah. So the same thing's true here, is that with that little kid at the steering wheel, you know, functional memory's gone offline. Maybe I can't remember, like, oh, you're my partner, and you're not actually trying to hurt me, and you don't have ill will, and you're just a being that said something that reminds me of something that's scary to me to think about, or just, like, irritating, or uh, elicits anger. So,
0: no, 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 go ahead.
1: Well, I was going to say, to answer your question, full circle there, is that a lot of what I do is helping people get in touch with this part that might be controlling their entire life. Like I have some clients that live so much from that point of fear, the point of the little kid driving a car. That the That's
0: the I was going to say that the trunk. You help people get out of the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> you're, yes. you're the locksmith, man, of the people's <laughs> lives, man. I I like that. No, I, that makes a lot of sense.
1: And to take your analogy a step further, I'm more like the locksmith trainer. Like I'll teach them by talking to them through the trunk. Like, hey. Here's the trunk release. It'll look like a little green lever. You pull that, the trunk opens up. Because a huge piece of what I want to do is that I don't have all the answers, right? If I have all the answers, then you have to keep coming to me. You have to keep, oh, Warren will tell me what I can do about this argument. Oh, Warren could tell me how I could Mm -hmm. figure this out. It's more about how do you do that? Mm -hmm. How can I help you realize your own solutions? How can I help you realize and integrate how to handle conflict, how to step up in your life. Uh, and this is what I think a real good coach or therapist does, or even a mentor. It's like someone who doesn't just have the answers and then just mindlessly tells you, but they empower you. They, yeah. they help you do it for yourself.
0: Well, that's what I, I want to let the listener know that I, you know, not only are you a friend and, and a brother and, and uh, a relationship, fellow relationship coach, but you're also mentoring me in how I can build my own business, and that's what I've noticed is there's a smaller part of me that wants to be rescued, and I want you. To, I want to call you up and say, "You build the website for me. You do the marketing. I don't want to do that shit, man. I, I just want the results." Mm-hmm. And what I hear you saying is is, and what you've done for me is empowered me to step up, not only by modeling it yourself, but by standing for my success in helping me realize that inside of me, like you just said, I have the answers. So, and, and I really admire that because when I was in personal training, I didn't want to have a client like as a cash cow forever. It's like the mama bird. Yeah. You want to nurture them and guide them so they can leave the nest and be, you know, and, and go on and rock their life. And, uh, yeah, it's not about money. It's about, uh, you know, that's real service to me is you're empowering people to change their own lives, not doing the work for them. You're not doing the heavy lifting. They're, they're going in. They're coming to you. You're the gym. But they got to lift the weights, man. They got to they gotta, they gotta do the pull-ups. They got to do the push-ups.
1: Yeah. So I'm doing the pull-ups for you. I'm going to get ripped. And then you're just like, huh, I weigh exactly the same. And my arms didn't get any bigger. But I don't understand.
0: Yeah, they might resent you even.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is a trap a lot of people find themselves in with trainers, with therapists and probably some coaches too, is that oh, I got to go to get the answer. Uh, what do I do? And in some aspects, I get that. Like if I hired, say a marketing coach, I might hire someone specifically to train me how to do a thing that I don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. And it might not make sense to be like, Hey, what's the best way to advertise using Facebook? You know, like, oh, well, they might ask me how to, what do I think? And I could answer that, but i go to that person because they have more experience with that. So sometimes that does come up, you know, like I have multiple solutions I could offer and, but ultimately it's a little different if you're talking about empowerment or transforming or even your relationship. Everyone is already free. You know, everyone is already truly creative, truly capable of solving their own problems. And I think holding that bigger picture of someone is super powerful. Mm -hmm. When someone doesn't even see themselves, and you as their friend, you as their partner, you as their parent, can still hold the bigger picture, even when they're crumbled down. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, for example, with me, I had points where I can remember coming to my family once, and I uh, shared how I tried to kill myself by hanging myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, it was, it was really scary telling them, you know, I thought that I'd failed them somehow made it all about, you know, me and how I was letting my family down and they may not like see. they might see me as broken. Something's wrong with Warren. Something's wrong with him. Oh God, he's trying to kill himself. What the fuck happened to this kid? Mm-hmm. Um, and the interesting thing that happened is that they didn't do that. And of course, they felt empathy, they were sad, they wanted to help me. Um, but no one said anything that made me feel broken, No one, or I, that I felt broken by hearing, because no one can make me feel broken.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, no, they were just supportive and loving me, uh, and would check on me, but wasn't in a way where I was like, hey, are you still doing good? Are you okay? Uh, it's more like, hey, how are you? What's going on? I just want to let you know I love you. And when I asked them, like, what do you think was going on there? It's like, we're just concerned about you. Um, we want to be there for you. Um, but we, you know, we know a lot has happened to you. I never heard anything like, you know, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel very fortunate that I had that. I had such a supporting family. You know, I got the message that nothing's really wrong with me, even when I actually thought something was wrong with me based on how I was behaving.
0: So it was your story that you had of yourself. But that wasn't being reflected back to you by your family. They were just holding, like you said, the larger perspective, knowing that, you know, you got this and that you were all right.
1: 100%. Having them just hold me without seeing me as broken, still seeing me as their son that they from birth up grew, still seeing me as like a being that can figure out his own shit. Because they didn't coddle me. They didn't like trying to fix all my problems for me. You know, they might ask about them, but they gave me that space to work on it while also just letting me know I'm there for them, that they're there for me. And I think that a good friend, coach, parent, like I said, can do that. Like when your partner is like, oh God, work is stressful and they keep complaining about it. Rather than just like collapsing into their complaint, oh man, you're complaining about this again. Come on, get over it. Do something about it. Yeah. Just holding that bigger picture, it's like, yeah, I can see this has been really struggle for you. Uh, I'm curious what you want to do about it because to me, you totally got this. You know, like just reassuring them, bringing them back to that point of like, I believe in you. I see you. You're totally awesome and powerful as a being. It's so powerful. Just, yeah. just
0: hearing that. Yeah, it is. I I mean, the way how that lands for me, I just feel myself like, yeah, man, like I feel expansive. Whereas the other way, if you're kind of like, oh, you're complaining about that again, I'm just – then I'm going to start collapsing because I even as I say it, I feel myself leaning forward in the chair. My shoulders are starting to hunch. It's like not only am I, you know, fucking beating myself up, now you're busting my balls and it's like, oh, you know. So I feel like that. that's really important is to have that support, man, and and to have – not only support but one thing that we learned from the relationship school and jason's it's challenge as well but it's not in a shaming or a blaming way it's like you know hey i'm over here standing for your your success i know you got this and you know uh, i think that's super helpful yeah I'm, I'm really cautious when it's when you're holding space for someone and really cautious about what I say, man, because you don't want to shame somebody and blame somebody and make them feel worse than they already do. Like, that's, I think it can be fucking devastating, man. Like, just, you know, I just remember as a little boy being shamed around stuff like that. And I, and I was at a swim meet with my daughter today and I was with these parents and I'm listening to the way that these parents were talking to their children. And what it, what's going on in my head is like, this is how I ended up. Mm. And perhaps in the predicament that I'm in because of you know our parents and then I also realized that you know they didn't know any better that's kind of what they got so I wasn't blaming them at first it kind of triggered me and I'm like oh I wanted to I was like I want to choke this chick man because she's fucking you know dogging her son out because he he didn't live up to her expectation yeah and I kind of relaxed into myself and I was like hold on just listen to her just hear what she has to say and be curious. Cause I love that tool that you used being curious, man. I think it's so important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Being curious is, it's like a, a great indicator that you're in the front of your brain for starters. So like if I'm in an argument with you and I'm like defending myself and rationalizing what I'm doing and making you wrong, none of that says curiosity. Right. And if I can't find curiosity, then I'm probably in that back of the brain. I need to go take a damn time out. You know, it sounds childish, but you're not gonna solve your problems from the five-year-old driving the car. You're gonna solve your problems as the adult who reassures the little kid, hey, it's okay, I know that was scary. They said that thing, and now we feel scared. Hey, take a seat in the back. It's okay. I'm you know, you're here and I'm here to help, but I'm driving the car. Maybe I'll take you to a park and we can go talk about it. Um it's it's really like coming back to that place where you can do something about it. And it also is such a gift, right? When someone's curious with me, I feel like I get so many different layers of myself, my experience, what I'm talking about, that maybe I didn't even think about. I mean, something you and I do together, it feels really good, and I felt from you, I'll talk about you know, thing, X, Y, Z thing, like, oh, I'm doing this thing. It's really exciting to me. And just hearing you ask a question, like, why is that exciting to you? And I'll light up. And so one, it feels good, right? I'm getting like the dopamine push. Oh, this dude gives a shit. He's listening. Sweet. Thanks, Scott. But then I'm getting this other layer of like, huh, why am I so excited about this? Like, maybe I don't even think about that. Or you might ask a question for me to clarify something. And then I'm even clearer on what I'm saying in myself. It's like a gift, you know, and I can take it with me.
0: It really is, man. It really is. I, I used that gift this weekend with my ex-wife too. And that was, uh, I felt myself really triggered and wanting to defend myself, like you said, and, and wanting to be right in it. And I was not triggered too far gone where I was like, okay, take a few deep breaths and come back to, into myself and just make it about her you know, she's probably not aware of what's going on. I'm feeling blamed over here. Let me just be curious what's going on with her. And I tried to listen, tried to listen to what she had to say rather than making it about me. You know, she was trying to express something about, you know, our children. I think it was, and it didn't land for me, but I was like, you know, I wanted to hear what she had to say rather than me jumping in and, and interrupting, like let her finish what was going on. And it was helpful, man. It really, really was the less I made it about me and the more I wanted to be curious about what she had to say and what she was feeling, uh, the better it was for the, for the relationship. So. Yeah.
1: yeah. And how did you feel leaving that conversation showing up that way? I mean, even though it might've been triggering, what was different for you? Cause I know you probably experienced the other way.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest with you, Warren. I left, I was, when I got in my car, I was in tears, man, because I have not, Felt that level of connection with Melanie in so long I didn't I was I can't recall ever being able to be curious at one point in our marriage and it was just super reactive so knowing that I have the tools and that these tools work and I can practice them when I'm in a moment of feeling reactive and put that little boy to the side and Come online into my prefrontal cortex uh, was, it was amazing, man. It felt, again, it felt like I felt like a badass, like a warrior, not a victim. Stepped mm-hmm. over that motherfucker and stepped right into my war and was like, this feels good. This feels like a leader. This feels like a man. Like I felt manly there mm-hmm. that I could hold space for, you know, the mother of my children, man. Yeah. after knowing that some of the ways I've behaved in, you know, in the past relationship. So to answer your question, it was empowering. It was insightful. It was, uh, it was just heartwarming, man. So, and thank you for asking, man. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that when we're curious, it helps them. Right. Yeah. But as you just demonstrated, it also helps us, you know, like you got some, you're in tears. That's super potent. You know, that sounds magical to me. Being able to talk to, I'm guessing, projecting, maybe one of the hardest people to hold space for. I know for me, that's that way too with my ex-wife. Yeah. It, I can, you walk away, I can walk away with this feeling of like, I did the right thing. You know, I did what I could. Even if the other person totally projected all over you and shut down and maybe opened up a little bit, but didn't hear your side. It's not about, you know, making every single thing, every interaction, even Steven, it's like showing up in a way that feels in alignment with your true self, your higher self. So I think most people, if they really sat down and asked themselves, how would I want to show up there? Like if it was this ideal world and I was talking to my ex-boyfriend, ex-husband, ex-wife, whatever, the friend that I had a break up with and couldn't connect with. Mm-hmm. If you really sat with that, I think a lot of us would come to the conclusion that we'd want to be able to let go of the baggage We'd want to be able to like hear them yeah. Even if we felt like have a story that they wronged us somehow back to the victim, right? Mm-hmm. We would want to be the person who could step up and be like, hey I know that things went down the way they did and you know I don't I don't want to hold on to this anymore you know, and and actually truly see that person in that moment for whoever they are.
0: Yeah. 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 So let, for the listener, man, I'm curious, like, do you, do you specialize in one particular area? I, you know, I know we both went to the relationship school and I think when people hear relationship coach, they, I, my projection is people may assume it is, you know, a man or a woman, mm-hmm. uh, you know, can you kind of clarify, you know, the type of client that you work with, the people that you serve? You know, you mentioned veterans, and that's something that's near and dear to your heart. You know, that's something you do to give back. But in your practice, who who do you who do you serve most? Do you find, or or is there a most, or is it a vast, is it a plethora of different people?
1: Yeah, I'm hearing like two questions. Uh, the first one I think is like, what's my specialty? Yep. I think that my secret thing that it's hard to market this right because the word is so overdone uh is transformation.
0: Yes, you did mention that earlier remember.
1: Yeah, like taking someone from if you think about a transformation as a series of steps, right, a staircase. And transformation might be if you're going from the first floor going to the eighth floor. Right? So what I want to do is walk help people find their way up those stairs. Maybe they got up the first flight and now let's go up the second flight or starting to see, okay, I'm getting somewhere here. Things are changing. Help them see how they can do that. You know, like really putting it on them. Okay, how do you take this next step on this thing you want to work on? It's such a difficult thing to market though, like transformation coach. What the hell is that, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, but but I heard you say something there, something that they want to work on. So what what I heard was, if you have an area in your life that you need to work on, whether it be fitness, uh, your career, your uh, intimate relationships or your relationship with your children, it it covers a wide variety of things. And you're helping people go from one level to the next where maybe they're stuck and they like like you said, they can't see the bigger picture. So you hold you hold a larger perspective to help them get some traction around getting to that second floor in in whatever relationship that it is.
1: Yeah, and it could be relationship, it could be your business partner, kid. Uh, Relationships are, you know, obviously there's a difference between your and my relationship and an intimate partnership. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or maybe like a poly triad. Um, All of those have differences. But there's also so many common links. And one of the big ones is communication, Mm -hmm. getting super clear on your needs, and having healthy boundaries. Those are like three of the big ones that I, I tend to work with people. Um, and to take that specialty even further, I help people with transforming their lives, especially people who are stuck in a story, stuck in maybe trauma. Um, and I don't mean like a therapist could do it because I think what I do is very different from what a therapist does. You know, I'm not a therapist. I've I used to think I wanted to be one. And then after realizing what they do fully and understanding that it just wasn't for me, it's more like I'm stuck in my story. Maybe it's this past stuff from war. Maybe it's uh, my husband cheated on me. Maybe it's my wife and I are having sex and seeing where the stuck point is, seeing it, validating that, understanding it. Sure. Both of us, my client and I both or mm-hmm. clients. If it's a partnership. And going to what's the next step here? Okay, so maybe after being seen there, what's your part in it? If your mm-hmm. wife doesn't want to have sex anymore, are you two feeling connected? Do you feel connected to her? Does she feel connected to you? And then it could be the next step of ownership rather than blame. Like she won't have sex with me versus, huh, yeah, I'm not really doing a lot that would entice her to have sex with me i kind of just go to work i come home and watch tv drink beer or maybe i'm just a hand with the guys i mean i'm just like so obsessed with my work which i've been guilty of this that i'm not actually putting time investing time and energy into my relationship and then another step could be like okay so how much time could you start dedicating every day and just keep working up that ladder And just keep putting it on them. Like, what do you think? How could you do this? What do you think your wife wants? You know her better than I do. I'm not married to her. Uh, Just really helping them get past that stuck point where the story seems to control their life.
0: I I like that. And I, you know, hearing that, like I, I would imagine that that's probably in marriages a very common stuck point where the couples aren't having sex. So let's utilize this moment to perhaps share a tool for the listener around that very stuck point. like I like that you said, you know, taking personal responsibility because I know in the past, it's like, oh, we're not having sex. She must, there's something going on over there. I don't, there's nothing, I'm good. I'm, you know, I'm going to work every day. I'm doing my thing. And personal learning that I have 100% responsibility on my side to do work over here is, is where the work is done. I can't do anything over there. So maybe you can speak to that and share something with the listener where they might be able to begin to get traction around having uh, sex in their relationship or having a more intimacy uh, in the relationship.
1: Yeah, I think it's one step has a few parts to it. Okay. Um, and it's basically what you just said. It's taking personal accountability versus blame. Hmm. Biggest thing I think you can do to start moving the meter, the needle, if you will, or actually like taking that next step is to step the fuck out of blame. Mm. Whenever you're in your head or even saying it out loud, the problem's over there, that's when you know you've already lost it. Mm. You've already stepped out of integrity, out of ownership, into blame. And whenever you're in blame, You're getting this nice, shiny silver platter, making it perfect, shining it. And then you're putting all of your power on it and just handing it to the other person. Except you're handing it to them and they don't want it. They don't know you're even doing it. They're unconscious of it. And maybe they just turned around and you put it on the ground and walked away. So you gave your power up to someone who's not even going to use it. Not intentionally.
0: Mm.
1: So stepping out of blame, taking your power off the platter if you will and keeping it using it uh like there's this great book called the seven habits of highly affected people and one of the concepts is that there are these like realms between the things that you can feel concerned about it's like this huge circle who's the president uh what's going on in the middle east uh what does this person think about me Um, how did i look and show up at the party and what did people think about me there? And I'm like concerned about all these things. Then mm-hmm. inside of that is the realm of influence. What can I actually directly impact? And that would be if I'm worried about how I looked at the party. Maybe I take care of myself and took a shower and shave beforehand. If I'm worried about the president, what can I actually control there? Okay, I vote. Yeah. Or uh, if I'm really obsessed with that thing, that's my thing. I have my passion. I go and lobby or I go and work for the person I want to win, you know, or if it's in my partnership, my partner will have sex with me. Okay. I'm concerned about the sex not happening. What does she not like me? Does she not find me attractive? Uh, maybe I start talking to her. What can I actually do here?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So using that idea, right? We're working with the influence sphere, not this huge nebulous, can't do shit about
0: it realm of concern where I think a lot of anxiety comes from. Yeah, no, that, I feel anxious just thinking about like that. It feels like overwhelmed is what it is over here. Like anxious. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like focus on what you can do something about. And now applying that to the relationship, like this example of not having sex, where in your relationship are you not connected? Where are you not showing up? Like, just st- stop looking at their part, right? Mm-hmm. Like, don't look at your neighbor's lawn and then think about, like, oh man, their lawn's shitty. What you know, whatever. Go, go mow your own damn
0: lawn. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Take care of your own
1: shit. Yeah, or maybe get to know your neighbor, right, and yes. see what's going on. Maybe they have like a real huge problem in their life, and they have, the lawn is the last fucking thing on their list because right now they just got fired. You know. Yeah. Hold space for that person, but do something you can actually control rather than like thinking of it's someone else's fault. So if I'm with my wife and she's, and I aren't having sex. I have clients that have sex like once for two, three months. I'm like, whoa, what's going on there? Yeah, yeah. You know, after I've already done this, getting to hear their part, validating that they might feel dropped by that, I would, uh, seeing them. Yeah. Then I'm gonna help them uncover, okay, so what is it that you can take ownership of here? Like maybe your wife put on lingerie and you didn't even say a word to her about it. Or maybe you were like, hey, look sexy and then you didn't do anything. You didn't respond to it. Maybe you didn't like make her feel sexy or uh, try and reassure her that she's sexy. Or maybe you are stuck in this pattern of, I read the newspaper every morning and we don't really talk. I go to work, I come home, we don't really talk. Where's the connection there?
0: Yeah.
1: Sex isn't just like a magical thing that happens to you right. Again, like no power. Sex is something you co-create. Hmm. And if you're doing your work, if you're showing up in a big way, if you're working on yourself and you're communicating with your partner and getting super clear on what your part is there, most of the time you're probably going to see that they respond to that yeah. more. So they respond to that than you pointing out to them why aren't you having sex with me what's wrong with you do you not find me sexy like really pointing the finger
0: yeah that whole what's wrong with you man that just just hearing you say that I'm like fuck man like that just is like I, I want to move I, I don't feel safe and I want to move away from you just hearing that like there's nothing wrong with me, you know and so I can imagine like my partner hearing that coming from me and it's like yeah, she's going to want to fuck me now, right? Yeah, she's just going to drop to her knees and just, you know, blow me. That's Yeah, that's going to happen. Like, no, she's going to fucking turn, you know, she's going to want to punch me or hit me or whatever, run out of the room is what I felt like. Yeah.
1: You're going to bring her little kid online and driving that car all over you.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a big mess. Oh, man. Hey, I'm noticing the time, and uh, I wanted to get to – where our listener can find you and talk more with you about all of these amazing tools that you have. And, you know, uh, yeah. So what, where are you, where can the listener find you? Where, uh, can they learn more about you? Warren?
1: Yeah. So obviously the easy thing would be my website and that's learn No spaces, of course, spelled the way it sounds the actual words. Um, you can, if you're in Austin, I do, little workshops here and there. Uh, we can also do in-person coaching. Or I do everything, most of my work, I should say, is done online using Zoom, like what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, to anywhere in the world, you know, have clients in the United Kingdom, I have clients all over the United States. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's really not a question of where you are, but it's more a question of are you ready to do the work? Yeah, and go to the website, I offer a free 45-minute consultation. So then uh, we get to know each other. You can feel it out. You don't have to spend anything. Um, my idea here is that even if we don't work together, I still want to be able to offer something for free that might help you.
0: Yeah. I, I, I My projection for you, in because this it is for me, is like how we found one another through our mentor was Jason gave so much content for yeah. free. And I feel like you're modeling that too. Like the most benefit is like not what, you know, what you can get but what I hear you saying is man I want to give and give and give so you get the, the you know the the client gets the most benefit and that's and that's been my experience with you as a friend and as a brother it's like man uh just visiting you in Austin man you know you had the weekend planned out for us we went paddle boarding you made dinner for me you know and it wasn't just some thrown together shit and you actually put it together with your hands so I personally know Warren to be a very caring, loving, giving person. So I know if you decide to work with him that you're going to get the same experience and that's a lot of love and a lot of commitment and a lot of caring. And, uh, yeah, man, I just wanted, I just wanted the listener to know that as well, man, that Mm -hmm. they're going to get a lot out of working with you.
1: Thanks, man. My heart really came online with that. Uh, I feel really seeing because I love and care about all of my clients. It's it's really special to be given this opportunity to see into someone's inner workings, who they are, where they came from, in a way that I think most human beings don't get the opportunity. So to me, that's super special. It's sacred. Uh, it's there's like a spiritual experience for me. Uh, and that matters. You know, it's is
0: like important work. Yeah. Well, thanks for being with us, Warren. And, uh, again, if you get some benefit from this podcast, you, the listener out there, we just ask you to go over to iTunes, write us a review, give us a rating, go over to Warren's website, check out what he's got going on in the world, man. Uh, I know you had mentioned something too, about, uh, doing some blogging as well. I don't know if you've started that or is that on your website?
1: Yeah, It's going to be, I have the first blog post written.
0: Okay. Uh, I, uh, I'm new to, blogging. I need to put you on the spot.
1: man. Oh, no, it's good. I need the pressure. Uh, I need to turn it up a bit. Uh, put myself out there. Um, yeah. just learning how to do some more writing. So I have someone that's a copywriter helping me basically make the material more. Uh, it's easier to connect with. Cause when I write, I write very technically, you know, I used to be an it guy for years, military, and very technical. What's all the details that are, you know, important, but, I'm learning like how do I express what was actually going on for me emotionally? That's like a new way of writing. So I'm
0: Mm -hmm. figuring
1: that out. Uh, You'll probably see the first blog post
0: here in the next week. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll put a, we'll put a link to the website in the, uh, show notes. Mm. So thank you all again for joining us, Warren. Thank you for, uh, for being here, being our guest, man, super appreciating you showing up here and showing up in the world, doing what you do. Uh, From the conscious man, peace. Thanks, God. You're welcome.